What's up, guys? Lisa here. Just want to let you guys know that rating and reviewing this podcast means the absolute world to me. And to encourage it, I'm reading out weekly reviews. This amazing review comes from Jin Scheme. I love everything Lisa does. I've been following her and her husband, Tom, for a few years. So great to see Lisa spreading her wings and owning this podcast like the champ she is. Everything here is well-researched, genuine, deep, and actionable. Thank you, Lisa. Keep up the great work. Thank you. What does a receptionist, a Denny's waitress, a grocery bagger, and a founder and CEO of a billion-dollar company all have in common? You guessed it. These are all titles today's Women of Impact has had. Working four jobs just to put herself through college, she graduated valedictorian from Washington State University. But while all her classmates took high-paying jobs, she decides to take a low-paying, hands-on journalist gig, prioritizing experience over money. Well, that choice paid off, and she soon became a successful news anchor. But with producers telling her in her earpiece that large blotches were appearing on her face, she realized that no amount of makeup or brand out there could hide her skin condition, rosacea, from the hot lights and cameras. So in utter desperation, she quit her job and with no safety net, along with her husband, started her own makeup line, It Cosmetics. I mean, forget about beauty, forget about wanting to make your lips more colorful or your eyes wider. She was just looking to get to neutral. And if she needed it, how many other women out there needed it too? Well, the sale of her company to L'Oreal many years later with a price tag of $1.2 billion is the answer to that question. Recently named on the 2019 Forbes Richest Self-Made Women list and Goldman Sachs 100 Most Intriguing Entrepreneurs and featured on Good Morning America, Today and in the New York Times, O Magazine and people just to name a very few, it's safe to say she's showing us all what it takes. So please help me in welcoming the first female to ever make CEO in L'Oreal's 100 plus year history, the woman who was told that no one would ever buy makeup from someone that looks like her, and the woman that showed that person how wrong they could be, the it girl herself, Jamie Kern Lima. Ah, hello. Welcome to the hello, show. Hello, hello. <laughs> Your intro is going to make me cry. I'm like, how am I getting emotional? First of all, let me just say something. I've done over a thousand television shows. No one has ever done their homework like that. I'm like, she's, you're busting out Denny's, (laughs) which I got fired from Denny's, which was like traumatic, but Denny's and I bagged grocery. I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. All right. Let's talk about then you getting fired at Denny's. That wasn't where I planned to start, but let's do it. (laughs) Oh Um, my goodness. How did you get fired from Denny's? Because obviously your story is incredible and I want people to hear where you started from because it's so freaking powerful. So I want to let people know like what they can achieve Mm -hmm. is totally up to them if they have the right mindset Mm -hmm. and girl you have the right mindset so take me back you get fired at Denny's fired at Denny's yeah so you know I was I was paying my way through school and I was working as a a waitress at Denny's and uh, it was a challenging Denny's and so what I mean by that is um, they had problems getting pancakes out and people would get so frustrated so it would take an hour sometimes to get your meal so I would talk and try to like you know learn the customer stories (laughs) yeah I would you know anything you didn't have to ring up like the ice cream I would I would offer ice cream whatever anyways I got fired for talking too much really yeah yeah from Denny's 
but it was a, a blessing to go through, right? Because mm. I learned a lot too. And I was like, okay, trying to understand. I didn't know at the time I'd be an entrepreneur later, trying to also make sure I figured out operations. Right. So even when you're sitting there inside of a, a, a kitchen going, why is it taking 45 minutes to get pancakes? And what's the ordering process and the back end of the operations? It's all a gift. Like everything we go through can be that way. Um, and if we have the, the mindset where we go, okay, what can I learn from this experience and what can I take out of it and, and learn from it? And, and so, yeah. That's amazing. Okay. So you're a news anchor, mm. you're doing good and you, you, you know, publicly said you've had the producers in your ear saying, oh my yeah. God, you're getting blotches on your face. Yeah. Did you at the time think of it as a gift? Cause you said everything's a gift. Did you at the time feel like that was? Not at the time. No, I think, you know, Lisa, when I look back at all the things I've I've done, I've made so many mistakes, but when I look back at the things I've done right, it was always when I went with my gut and, and deciding to go into journalism was one of them. Because um, like you mentioned in, in the intro, I was uh, I went to graduate school at Columbia and everyone was getting these high paying jobs. And you know, you pay a lot of money uh, you know, for school and then you have this pressure um, uh, to get out and get a job or to do something with it. And the average salary was 126,000 that year out of Columbia Business School. And I took a job for 23,500. Um, because I went with what I wanted to do in my gut, what I was passionate about, which was, you know, other people's stories. And, and I, I took a job in the middle of Washington State at, at a small market, but I learned how to write and edit and, and shoot and film and, and, and everything and just put in the work to try and build a foundation. Mm -hmm. And I had moved up markets and I, I loved, I thought this is what I was going to do my whole career. And, um, but sometimes it's like God has other plans. It's like something hits you and you don't even know. And well, frankly, the things going through my mind were what's, you know, what's, what's going on? What's wrong with me? Uh, uh, I would try, I would spend my makeup trying to cover it up because rosacea is bright red mm. and you get these um, patches on your skin and they're textured like sandpaper. It's like a rash, right? Yes. Almost. Yes. And it's very textured. Mm. And so, um, no, I mean, I think anytime you know, something happens to us, whether it's a physical thing, a physical change, an emotional situation, um, something with our health, right? Anytime we have something like that, you know, the, the, it's hard to go through the be the beginning of it. Cause mm -hmm. I struggled a little bit, honestly, I had thoughts like, okay, am I pretty anymore? <laughs> like just those things, like I'm embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I never even said that out loud, by the way, but like, that's the truth. I just started doubting myself. I started um, doubting, okay, is this going to affect my career? You know, but in, in the midst of the, the start of kind of that, that I guess struggle of going, okay, my physical appearance is changing. Let me wrap my head around this, mm -hmm. um, uh, is when I started really looking into makeup and, and trying everything out there, spending my tiny paycheck on, on, uh, every product I could get my hands on from the most expensive to the least expensive. And, and, uh, there's that famous saying, like, you know, sometimes we make our mess, our message. And that's sort of what happened. It was this entrepreneurial moment where I realized there's nothing out there that works for me, right? Nothing that will solve my problem. Mm -hmm. And there must be so many other people that have just given up on makeup because it doesn't work for them. And it's like, okay, nothing works. And, and the more I researched, I'm like, wow, 70% of women have hyperpigmentation. That's wow, 70%? All of us. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, all, you know what I mean? And so many of us deal with just all different uh, things, hormonal changes, mm -hmm. everything, acne. And so I just thought, you know what? if I can solve this problem for me, I know that it could be, you know, of service and life changing for, for other people also. And, uh, and so I got married in 2007 and, and I did the least romantic thing 
I think in the world in some ways, which is like write a business plan on your honeymoon <laughs> uh, with my husband. And we got back and we both quit our jobs and just like went all in. And I thought, okay, we poured all of our money into R&D and into our advisory board and made this product. And I thought it's going to sell. And I had no idea how hard it would be to be an entrepreneur because I worked hard my whole mm -hmm. life. Like you were listing some of my jobs and it's like, you know, I'm the, I'm the girl that hustled and took the bus public transportation because I couldn't afford a car and was getting the four jobs and making it happen. Like I know hard work and I had no idea how hard it would be to be an entrepreneur. I didn't know that the day we uh, created our company and actually launched it, I didn't know that it would be three years before I could actually take a paycheck. Um, I didn't know we wouldn't be able to hire anybody because we couldn't afford it. I did not know every retailer would say no. It was the hardest. You know, now I look back and I just, I think that's the one thing um, uh, I'm really proud of to make it through and to share because a lot of times people, when they get rejection, they feel like it's just them or they feel alone or they're embarrassed to say, oh, this retailer said no to my product mm. or this person said they don't believe in what I'm doing or this expert said they don't believe. When that happens to us, it sucks because rejection sucks. It hurts. And when you're getting rejection from everybody, especially the experts that like in my in my world, it was all the beauty experts, meaning like the heads of all the department stores and um, all the beauty retailers and QVC, all of them said no and no after no after no. And I would keep sending them product and keep hustling and keep writing them emails. And anytime we get like a great press placement, I'd send it to them. But it was no after no after no. And it's so hard not to let other people's no's like translate into doubt to self-doubt and doubt of your dream. Because there were times I doubted and cried myself to sleep, a million times I cried myself to sleep going, how are we gonna make it? You know, because at one point we got down to under $1,000 in our bank account, which was our company and personal, same one, bank account, and I didn't know how we were gonna stay alive. And it's so hard when you have to be the one that believes when you feel like your gut is telling you one thing, but other people are, are, are not, yeah. You know what I mean? All right, so let's talk about the gut then because yeah. there's multiple things that you just said there that all you've led back to the gut. Mm, and yeah. in hindsight, everyone listening and watching are going, well done for trusting your gut. Mm. But there are many times that, at least for me, I've trusted my gut and I was wrong. Yeah, yeah. And I've learned my lesson and then yeah. I move on. Yeah. So um, so I want to start with your on your news anchor, you've got the blotches, nothing was working for you, you're going yeah. to try your own. A, what made you trust your gut in that sense? Because like you said, you've um, you had college debt, so you have mm -hmm. all this stuff that's stacked yeah. against you. Yeah. It's based on beauty, which for women is very emotional. Yeah. Um, so how did you keep going and like try to find a solution instead of just hide away? Like what are the things mm. that you told yourself that pushed you to keep going and trust your gut that this was the right path for you? Mm -hmm. I've always had this feeling deep down inside, like I'm meant to do great things mm. that help other people. Interesting. Um, I've always kind of just known mm. it. Even when I took the low paying job to learn journalism instead of like a super high paying, mm. um, you know, consultant right. or banking job. Um, I just felt 
I just feel like if we get one life, I want to like the day I die, which God willing, it's a long time in the future. Like I want to literally know there's nothing left in me mm. that could have been used to help someone else. And you felt that even back when you were the news anchor. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So because I actually yeah. didn't feel like that. No. I do now. You do I feel, now. Yeah. I feel like so now, you know like it, my, right? that my purpose of all the failures I've had, all the problems, all the health issues. My purpose now is to speak it so that yes. it can help other people. And but it back, does. but back when I you. started, it didn't. Mm. It was actually, if I can be so honest, it was out of pure ego. Mm. So when people told yeah. me you can't do it, you're not good enough to do it, you're dumb, you're stupid, yeah. what are you doing? You're not yeah. talented. I was just, um, what's it, stubborn enough to say. I can do it. I'm going to prove them wrong. And right. it was out of stubbornness, not out of like, I want to share it with the world, yeah. that actually pushed me to then show myself yeah. what I was capable of. So you were driven by ego because so, you're like, I'm going to prove them wrong. Exactly. Yeah. Then I yeah. realized, wow, I'm actually actually did do it and I'm kind of capable and yes. so then it's like well if you're capable what else can you do yes. and so that became the foundation of then okay I maybe I have a superpower mm -hmm. so if I have a superpower now how am I going to help others so it kind of became a transition for me versus yeah. then just an initial like from the beginning so that's why it's really impressive yeah. that you felt that even before you had any validation mm, yeah. that you can do it or that you you know you have the ability to do it yeah i've always had that just that feeling and it's funny that you say this i've definitely done things for ego i have definitely done things for ego and most of the time when i do that i regret it oh, it doesn't feel right right, right? you know what i'm saying and sometimes i do stuff on ego and it, it turns out great and whatever but it's like it doesn't compare to that feeling of knowing you're doing something bigger than yourself mm -hmm. i feel like when you spend the time to really think about your why and why you're doing it, you know, why or how it's bigger than yourself, that will sustain you through so many hard times, right? Because just hearing some of what you're sharing, I'm having flashbacks even to, to so many of the of the hard times, even even once we finally got yeses and finally we're on QVC and all of that, it's it, when you're putting in 100 hour weeks and when stuff doesn't go your way and all that. and when your why is bigger than yourself, mm. it, it, it sometimes it's like that's the only thing that gets you through those hard times and, and keeps you going. Because sometimes if it's just for ourselves or our own ego, it's not a strong enough why. When you are so burnt out and you feel defeated and you feel like self-doubt's entering your mind, it's like money isn't a strong enough why because um, you can go get another job and get money. You know what I mean? It's like. It's like really peeling back the layers on what you're doing and really getting to that, that, that true why that means so much to you. And for some people it's, I'm gonna change this generation of my family. Where I come mm. from is not where I'm going. I'm not gonna have my children grow through what I went through, right? And that why is huge. It doesn't have to be a why to go change the outside world. It might be a why to change inside your own home. And sometimes just like not, just, just not giving up and just keeping going is like, is, is the difference too in, in making it, you know what I mean? Oh, so how do you do that then when you're in a moment, yeah. so you've got your why, very yeah. strong why yes. you're going to impact women and how they feel about themselves. It's yes. not just like you want to make them super glamorous. It's yeah. like, you're going to change how they feel about themselves yeah. and that can lead to so many incredible things, being a better mother, being a better wife, being yeah. a better employee, a better business owner, whatever it is, I think mm -hmm. that can really lead to something. Yeah. Um, so you've got your strong why. Now, 
Louise Sean Y, but you only have a thousand dollars left. Yes, I know. How do you, is the why strong enough to get you through it? Or was there something else that you had to do to tell yourself, like, no, keep going? Because that's where people go like, all right, look, Mm -hmm. at some point, if something is failing, at some point you have to let it go. Yeah. So, uh, so two things. So for me, um, and this is so personal to everyone and to what they believe in. For me, faith is huge in my life. And I feel like I hear my faith through my gut feelings. You know, I really do. And, um, and there were nights where I was just like, is this what we're supposed to do? That combined with really freaking hard work. Mm. And like, let's just keep it really real because sometimes, and I love, I don't know how we're going here to Denny's and all the really real stuff, but what I love about it it is, you know, if, if any of your, 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 you know, your community has heard any of my story before, they've probably just heard the, the billion dollar fairy tale. And the, the real, real of it is when we were under a thousand dollars, I, we were trying to get SBA loans from anyone that would give one. No one would give one. And they, shouldn't have because <laughs> right. it's like you know you're trying to show a business plan for for projected sales when you don't even have any you know we were doing two to three orders a day on our website um but you know what it, it's a choice yeah. i chose instead of having a job that paid me a salary i chose to be an entrepreneur mm. and it's like okay but you got to hustle and you got to, you know, sometimes that's what you, you have to just do. Because you didn't take um, like a day off, right? You, oh, you no. guys, you and your husband worked like a hundred hour work week, seven days weeks. a week for, yes, 10 years. for 10 years. And I think it, like you yes. said, it's important to stress that. You freaking busted your ass. Yeah, we, we did. And it was like when we finally, when we were under, we got down a thousand dollars, we went and spent part of it on Ikea desks to put in the living room because we had an in-person office tour with California Bank and Trust, which was the last bank that was going to consider giving us an SBA loan. And, uh, but that, you know, we got the last, the last person said yes on the SBA loan, which kept us alive a little bit longer. Mm. We were still only doing the two to three orders a day from our website. And, uh, and, and right around that time, we got a first yes, finally, for QVC. But we had one shot and only 10 minutes. Um, uh, and, and you'd been going after QVC for, for a long time, Going right? after him for a long time and always hearing no. I, I remember, oh my gosh, like the number of no's from everybody. And so, so there is a guy named Alan Burke who was like the head of beauty at QVC. Mm-hmm. And he got all of those like really high-end department store beauty brands to really want to go on QVC mm-hmm. and all the designer brands. And so he was the head of all of it. And I remember one day I finally got, um, I think it was a call from his assistant saying he wants to have a call with you. He's reviewed your product. And I like thought this was going to be our big break. And he, he was very quick. <laughs> And he said, um, I reviewed your product with our buyers and you're not the right fit for QVC. Uh, I'm sorry and I wish you the best of luck. And I just remember crying myself to sleep that night and just, you know, have you ever like had something happen where, you know, that goes wrong or doesn't go your way and then like the next day you wake up and you like hoped it was a dream? Yes. And then you're like, it wasn't. You have to relive it almost, yes. Yeah. So for you, in those moments, you're hearing no over and over again. Most people would have stopped at number one. Yeah. A lot of people would have stopped at number two. Majority would have stopped at number three. You kept going. Kept going. This was like yeah. years and years and years of you like hounding Sephora and QVC. And so yes. what is it? Is it just your innate ability to get back up? Or did you have to coach yourself in your mind to say, no, you believe in this, remember your why? Like, what does that actually look like? Both. 
I feel like when I look back on things, mm-hmm. and this is what I love, yeah. it's like even if you're in a space right now in your life where you're like, this isn't where I want to be, mm-hmm. I would just trust it because I look back at like when I was, when I was a news anchor. I would get emails that were so mean, like, are you pregnant? Are you, right? I had a news director at one of my jobs that would um, just tear me to shreds um, appearance-wise, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I, I really feel like it helped make me really, it helped me get really strong mm-hmm. so that rejection started to hurt a little less, um, but it still hurts. Um, it still hurts, but resiliency is like the most important skill, I think. Mm-hmm. I think what's tricky is going, okay, Am I putting good money after bad, right? Which is like a famous saying, meaning does every sign tell me this is a bad idea and do I keep wasting my time and money? You know what I mean? That's the Mm -hmm. hardest thing to know, especially when you're building your business. And for me, the deciding factor for me was, was praying about it and realizing that I needed to keep my faith bigger than my fear because I just felt in my gut what I was doing mattered and it was needed. I think fear kills more dreams than like almost anything else. Self-doubt and fear, I think, kills more dreams than almost anything. I was um, reading that famous Jay-Z quote where he says, um, the genius thing we did was we never gave up. Mm. And it's like, it's so true sometimes. And, and what's crazy is I would, have, I would have saved myself so many nights of crying myself to sleep had I known what I know now, mm-hmm. which is just that if you're doing something novel or that, that, that's different, that hasn't been done before, of course, all these people that are experts aren't going to get it right away because there's no, it's never been done before. So there's no proof out there that tells them, oh yeah, this is a good idea. Or, oh yeah, this is going to succeed in your stores or, you know, it's never been done before. So I shouldn't have been surprised that all these people that I thought were like, you know, they would know if, you know, they're going to see our product and like love it right away. And the other thing I learned was by persistence and by not letting those no's destroy every ounce of of confidence I had and Mm -hmm. every single person that told us no has now told us yes. But some of them told us no for years Mm -hmm. and many, many, many times. And here's the crazy thing, and I don't know the answer to this, but what I do know, Lisa, is had I listened to any of, a lot of the ways they told me to change our product or change our positioning, had I listened to that, I don't think our brand would have worked. I don't think I'd be sitting here having sold it to L'Oreal because L'Oreal has a, a lot of other great brands that do what's already been done really well. They're the best at it in the world. Had I not done something totally different that went against what all these other experts were saying to do, it, I wouldn't have created something of value that complemented their portfolio. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's like, I think it's um, Peter Diamandis. I think he said this, uh, the day before a breakthrough is just another dumb idea. Ah, and it's yes. like, it's so true. Yes. Because yes. you're getting no's a million times. You're also yes. telling people, uh, people are being mean. Like yeah. in my intro, I said someone said to you, you know, who's ever going to buy makeup from you? Yeah. So again, that like, was you're... one of the toughest things I've ever dealt with in my own head. Oh, because explain. what had happened was, so so we had no money, as you know, as we've covered. <laughs> and um, this the, this investor who, he had invested in a lot of consumer product companies. So he had a 
a big, um, he was the head of a, a big private equity firm mm. and a lot of companies I love uh, were his products that he had invested in and sold. Okay. And uh, we finally got a meeting with him and he was super interested in. So it's someone you're super excited about. Yes. Someone you're yes. amped about, someone have a you lot admire, of respect for. Respect. Yes. Okay, that yes. makes it even worse. I know. And 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 they loved our idea of what we were doing with our products of their company. I'm like, this is amazing because if they invest in us, then um, A, I'm not gonna, we're not gonna go bankrupt tomorrow. And B, maybe they can help us get into these these retail stores. And like I just I was so excited. And then I I'll never forget this. In person, this guy was like a foot and a half from me. Um, and and they said we're gonna we've decided to pass on the investment. It's a no. And I said, well, can you share with me a little bit why? Because you know feedback's always a mm-hmm. gift, even when we don't want to hear it. And um, and he said, well, do you want me to be honest with you? And I said yes. And he goes, I'm not sure if women will buy makeup from someone who looks like you, you know, with your body and your weight, is what he said to me. And I remember looking at him, and and just like. While I tried to handle it with grace and just say thank you for your, you know, thank you for your feedback, I knew so strongly in my gut in that moment. So it was this combination of being hurt, really obviously hurt, but I just had this strong gut feeling that said he's wrong, like he's wrong. And sometimes you just need to like bust out Google and just inspire yourself. So I, I remember after he said that, just for myself, I would look up so many of the people I admire most who I think are just making huge changes in the world. And I would ask myself, if they changed their body, would they do better? No. Like if they got all skinnier, got all whatever it is. Like people that change the world, what they look like, I think is is irrelevant. I think it's how they feel. It's their heart. It's their intentions. And, and I would just, you know fill myself up with stuff like that just to get myself back to that place of confidence again. Mm -hmm. And when we finally, so here's the thing, uh, we got to a beauty show, this big beauty show in New York City. There are 6,000 women there and they walk the show. And what happens in the show, this is how we got on QVC, by the way. If you're a brand that's had a new product launch that year, you can pay money to go there. You get a three-foot table and you demonstrate your product. And so we had signed up to do it. And the hope by doing this is that the 6,000 women walking and testing out all the new products, that one of them will, you know, uh, work for a department store and get you in there or yeah. one of them will, or they'll vote on your product and you'll, you'll get one of the awards and so we were there doing that and QVC had a huge booth there and uh, you're supposed to stay you're not allowed to leave your three-foot table but I kept like trying to sneak away to see like if there were the buyers at the QVC booth and I'd rush back to my table and <laughs> what I didn't realize is one of the women that had i been showing the product to was a QVC show host and I didn't recognize her and at the time and I don't know if I was just spacing out or what and I you know so I was showing her the product and like telling her how much you know why it exists and why it's different and special and she said uh you know my name is Miss Lisa Mason I'm a QVC show host and uh and I just looked at her and she goes I want you to know I think your concealer is really special and I think our women at home, our QVC gals, they would love this product. And um, and I want you to know I just went and told the buyer I think we should have your product on. And I looked at her and tears just started streaming down my face and I think I freaked her out. She's like, oh sugar, I don't have any. <laughs> like, she's like, oh, what did I just say? Yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah. I don't have any power to get your, I just want to let you know I did this, yeah, I believe yeah, in yeah. you. And I was like, thank you. And I was like, can I send you product? Aww. She's like, no sugar, but you know, I just want to let you know. I'd, and um, so 
So long story short, we got a meeting uh, at QVC and we got a yes. Uh, but what that meant was we have 10 minutes, one airing of 10 minutes, um, and you either hit their sales goal or you don't come back, right? And what I know now that I didn't know at the time is you might have 10 minutes, but if you're live on the air and you're not hitting numbers, all of a sudden your clock will go from 10 to six. And then you're like, and you can't, you can't panic and you have to have fun <laughs> and you can't try to sell. Because the second you try to sell, nothing sells. Nothing sells. Nothing sells. So, <laughs> and like, and it'll be at six minutes and like, if it's really not doing well, it cuts to two. And what's so hard is you're live on national mm -hmm. television and you know in the back of your head, I just lost a product or I just lost, mm -hmm. like it's so much pressure. Thankfully, I didn't know that part in the, the first airing, but what I did know was we had 10 minutes and we had to hit a sales target or never come back. And uh, we needed to uh, sell over 6,000 units of our concealer in that 10 minute Whoa. window. And I just felt like, okay, if women can see this live on television, how it works, like, and they can see how it will, you know, change their lives. I can show it live on TV. And I just felt like this is it. And then here's where this appearance stuff resurfaced, right? And for any woman out there or man who struggles with like, do what I look matter? Does my weight matter? Does my size matter? Do my clothes matter? It sucks when sometimes things all around us tell us they do, right? And this is a moment where I had to make a decision where everything was on the line for my business. And what had happened, Lisa, was we um, had met with, out, there's all these outside consultants and they help a lot of people do well on television. And okay. um, you know, they'll give you advice, like here's how you, you know, do your demonstrations and here's the type of models mm -hmm. to use and here's you know, what to say and not to say. And, and when I met with all the consultants, they, they all told me I needed to do uh, this formula to work on air, which was cast only perfect skin models, um, all like the same age and skin tone and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, but I want to show my bright red rosacea and show how this works for me. Mm -hmm. And I want to show real women that are different ages and have different skin problems. And I want women all across the country that have never seen a model who looks like them and skin that looks like theirs. I want to show them live why I made this product. Mm -hmm. And every single uh, uh, consultant said that will not work. And if they want, if I want to have any chance of succeeding in my business, that I will do what they're saying, which is to do the formula, the only formula that had ever worked in beauty. And it was the most stressful, probably moment of my whole career and decision of my whole career because everything was on the line. Yeah, break it down and then how you decided to just ignore them and yeah. do your own thing. Because like you said, everything's on the line. Yeah. What did that process look like yeah. for you where you said they're experts, but I'm still not going to listen? So I flew, I was freaking out. I flew out to QVC um, a week early. I love the honesty, um, by the way. That's oh my gosh. It's just, it was... And it's so funny. I took, because we had no money. So I took this, it was like three or four connections because it was the cheapest way to get to Philly. Um, <laughs> I got there. I was in a rental car and I drove to the QVC parking lot every single day for a week. And I sat there literally trying to envision what was going to happen in that 10 minutes. Um, almost like the way I imagine Olympic athletes envision success. And 
I just knew in that moment, like I knew what I needed to do. I knew that if I, if I went on QVC and did what everyone else had done, maybe my business would have succeeded at that time, but A, it wouldn't have been authentic to who I am. I'm not a makeup artist. I don't do makeup artist looks on people. It's not why I created the brand. It's not my why. Mm -hmm. So I would have been putting money and fear above the why I did this. And I just remember sitting in the parking lot and knowing I, even if I try and I go out there and I show my bare face, which is the last thing I want to do why? on national television, showing my bright red rosacea, but it wasn't about me. It was about... I wanted to shift culture and beauty. I wanted there to be models that look like real women. I imagine real women all across the country who have forgotten that they're beautiful and have forgotten that they matter. And I realized in that moment, I, if I don't sell and we miss the sales goal, at least for that 10 minutes, there will be women that turn their television on and they see models, aspirational models who I'm standing on television calling beautiful that look like them. And I'm showing women with, with skin problems and issues. And I want them to know we're all in this together. Like we've all got this, but it was so scary. And I remember the camera goes live, the clock's at 10 minutes. And I remember it started counting down and, <laughs> and I had this demonstration planned on my wrist, right, with where I put these two uh, beautiful department store concealers that are top sellers and ours, and I would bend my wrist and show, they start breaking up and cracking, right? And ours doesn't, which is why it would cover my rosacea. So I had this thing planned and I started doing it, but I was so stressed out. TV, I'm not nervous for, it was the business, the weight of everything, mm. and my hand was like this. And I was like, just like and shaking like shaking. crazy. And I was trying to show. And finally, Lisa's like, thank you, sugar. And she shoves my <laughs> hand under the, the podium that we're presenting from. And I remember um, at the 10 minute mark, literally the 10 minute mark, the sold out sign came up. And I just looked at Lisa and I just started crying because mm. I was like, it was like real women had spoken. I'm so glad I listened to my gut. Mm. And I think sticking with the authenticity of our brand, even when everyone was saying it wasn't going to resonate, mm. is why I, it's the only reason that we now built a billion dollar company. Um, something you just said, actually, so you, you spent so much time and energy and effort putting every ounce of your being into it. Yes. You and your husband yeah. being super authentic, making sure yeah. that you don't divert from your authenticity. Mm -hmm. um, being true to who you are, and then you sell the company. Yeah. So you then spent three years as CEO of L'Oreal, amazing, yeah. freaking incredible. Um, how do you now reassess, or maybe not even reassess, mm. who you are today? Yeah. What, you're, what you stood for, does that still resonate? How do you evolve? Because we all have an identity, right? And so yeah. for so long, your identity was speaking out to all these women who maybe didn't have a voice, and you were finally the one that was saying, Yes, we may have skin conditions. Yes, this yeah. may affect us, but we don't have to succumb to it. Yeah. So you've been like the advocate for that for so long, so powerfully. Where do you go now? And how yeah. do you assess who Jamie is today? Yeah, I think that question is such a struggle for anybody who has been all in on something to the point where you're like burnt out. Exactly. And, and like you said, it almost becomes your identity. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and that 
question, by the way, is part of why we chose to, to sell the business because we did 100 hour weeks for 10 years and I cared so much and but it always comes at a price. So we grew the business to over a thousand employees across the country, um, became the largest uh, beauty brand in QVC history, and then the largest, and we got a yes from Ulta Beauty, um, grew to be their largest brand, finally got a yes from Sephora as well, and um, some department stores, and started launching internationally. And uh, it just, it never got easier, mm. right? Because I used to think like, one day, yes, right? I can yes, afford to hire yes. people and they're gonna help me and it's gonna be so much easier. And then what I learned is, oh my gosh, when you do hire people, especially people that are smarter than you in other areas, it is such a gift. But even if you hire the best of the best people, you still then have a new job, which is, <laughs> which is managing people and making sure they're happy and dealing with competitors trying to steal them and dealing with HR issues and this and that and, da, da, da. and it's this whole other thing and it just it it never it never got easier and and one of the things I will say that I have personally not been able to succeed at so I could call this a failure is I never figured out how to have any semblance of, of balance and I think women especially feel this weird pressure where they're supposed to just somehow figure out balance and I think it's a lie. Do you um, seek balance though? I I have gone through times where I'm like I need to get more balance. I just think it's a lie where you just end up feeling like you're failing all the time at everything. Mm. I think that the best you can do, the best I have figured out to do is to try and be present in what I'm doing um, and just to commit to the choices I make because I think balance, I think it's impossible, first of all. But what I will say is everything comes at a price. And, and building this business and working this hard um, had so many great benefits. You know, we have millions and millions of, of customers and community that I just, I just feel like they believe in themselves more. Even if they've never bought mm. a it product, mm. it wasn't even about that. It was them being in a community where, you know, they felt like they were enough. Mm. And, um, and, and so that always made it worth it to me. But the amount I pushed myself um, and my husband as well, it came at a price. And for price many that, years, yeah. well, we spent every single holiday anniversary birth in the QVC green room. Mm. Um, we, go, we grew to doing over 250 live shows a year and I did them all myself for eight years um, with Paulo. He was in the green room watching the numbers, figuring out the orders, figuring everything. And, and even when we grew to hundreds of employees, we were still working out of the QVC green room and in between shows and airings on the laptop working and working on product mm. development and doing conference calls. and. It was so much, and when we grew to be really large and started um, uh, launching internationally, A, I realized that's a lot of work to try and understand like, like regulatory compliance laws in Thailand and, every, and, it's, and HR laws, and it's so much. And so then we thought, okay, if we partner with L'Oreal or sell our business to L'Oreal, one of the biggest uh, blessings in all of it was that they have people on the ground and like just about every country. And so 
you have experts that are hyper local and understand the culture and the cultural sensitivities and the importance of uh, you know that country's regulatory compliance and all that like stuff um, that it's hard to to figure out on your own and scale and I knew that I needed to um, I knew that if I didn't sell the company, we might go another 10 years and I might still be spending every holiday mm-hmm. working and every birthday and every, every anniversary. Um, we still didn't have kids and we had tried for 10 years. And I think sometimes stress takes such a toll on your body. And I just felt like I was an amazing entrepreneur mm-hmm. and CEO and a terrible owner of a body and a terrible um, every other thing you know, wife, daughter, friend. I mean, I would do everything I could to help my friends and family, but except for physically be present, right? And I just kind of realized I have to, I have to make a change. And so we, uh, so we sold 100% um, of It Cosmetics to L'Oreal. It was their largest acquisition in U.S. history. Amazing. And it they've was, doubled, and they've been able to double it, correct? Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Isn't that crazy? So they acquired It Cosmetics three years ago, and the business has doubled um, since then. And so, yeah. but I want to go back to though the um, the thing that you were saying about identity. So you sell yes. the company. Your identity has been Ooh. I'm the hustling grind person. I'm the yes. one that sacrifices. I'm the one that goes all in. You leave it, and yeah. And it's hard and it's great and amazing and hard. And we, um, so a year and a half ago, we had our, our first uh, child, Via Surrogate. Yeah, Via Surrogate. Um, her name's Wonder. And, you know, I grew up with parents that worked a lot. And mm-hmm. I, so I struggle with going, okay, I really want to be there for my daughter. But my tendencies are very much, um, I'm just all in and I want to, like, I think, um, that idea I shared in the beginning of sort of like one day, God willing, a million years from now, um, when I die, I want everything used up in me that I can possibly give to be of service to other people. Mm -hmm. And that has not left me. And I just know anytime I talk with women or entrepreneurs or I I just... um, I feel it's so right, and that's been really fun. And you know, for so many years, um, you know, uh, lit agents and uh, publishers would always reach out. And uh, one year, the movie Joy came out, and that year was the year everyone, all, all the um, uh, screenwriters and stuff, started mm-hmm. reaching out about my story. But I was so burnt out. And I didn't take a single meeting. I actually said no to every single meeting for many years because I was so burnt out. And I remember um, hearing Oprah once say, don't ever write an empty book. There's too many empty books out there. And when I heard that, it was like, it scared me and also was like a really powerful thing. Mm. And I thought I'm never going to do anything until I can be all in, present, all Mm. of that. And so I just started taking meetings now for... um, uh, just how can how can I share my story in a way that can you know be of service to other people and so um, anyone watching on, on YouTube right this second right drop in the comments yes we want the book yes we want the book yes we want the book we're gonna have you back for that as well uh, but seriously like that book in when you're talking about um, um, having you know giving service and really doing it for other people yeah like that seems like a um, 
almost like a no-brainer next step for sure. Yeah. You've already done so much incredible things and impacted so many people mm-hmm. that there's, it's incredible and exciting to think about where you're going to go. Yeah. Um, but you've got to take care of yourself first. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to do it. So, so true. Taking care of ourselves is is something for so long that even women especially just felt, and men, mm-hmm. there was different types of stigmas, but people just felt like you were selfish if you did that. And it's it's not true. It's like the least selfish thing you can do because you show up your best for everyone else too. And I actually like that you said men as well because that's one big thing about the show is that, you know, um, we talk mainly about women because it's our own experiences, but you're 100% right on the fact that men, like if a man was like, yeah, I'm going to go get a massage and a pedicure mm-hmm. and I'm going to go in the steam room. Like I, I, I would hear about that way less than a woman. Yeah. But why wouldn't they have the same type of self-care of the vessels of their bodies? Yes. Like, so I'm and really glad that you said too. that. All yeah, of it. Yeah. Well. yeah. Um, what is your superpower? As I throw it in there at the end. Yeah, I feel like I have, I feel like my intuition is my superpower, mm. but my biggest superpower is my faith. Mm-hmm. That's where I get my intuition. That's awesome. Yeah. And where can people find you? Instagram. Yeah, Jamie Kern Lima on Instagram is, um, and I and I am on there myself and uh, and value so much the community there. And I hope it's a place of, of inspiration and where you just feel safe and yeah. not judged. And we're all in this together. And um, yeah. Guys, guys, I could gush about this woman forever. Um, but yeah, you got to go follow her. you got to see what she's doing. She's so inspiring and so down to earth. Mm. So right now, if you're at home thinking that you can't do it, if you're doing a job that you're not enjoying, that you hate, just turn to her story. Seriously, she is absolutely a great example of what is possible no matter where you start. So go follow her. If you're not following me, guys, follow me at Lisa Billu. And if you're not subscribed, click that subscribe button down there. And until next time, guys, be the hero of your own life. Peace out.